the Blaze Radio Network. On demand. You're listening to Pure Opelka. This is Pure Opelka. With Mike Opelka. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome to Wednesday. It is uh, the Blaze Radio Network, as the announcements have told you. It is Pure Opelka, as they have added. And I am Mike Opelka. I'm so, so thrilled to be here. I know there was a discussion this morning on the morning blaze with uh, Doc Thompson, who I think I should finally expose is not a doctor. That is fake news. If Doc Thompson ever tries to convince you that he is a doctor, he is not a doctor. We need to get to the bottom of that. I don't even think he's a PhD. I, on the other hand, I do have the, the credentials. I have the right to be called doctor, but I don't force that on anybody the way Doc Thompson and his charade does. I know maybe I'm not supposed to be talking about this. Maybe I should, maybe I shouldn't, because we have important news to get to. But Doc Thompson, not a doctor. Michael Pelka has the credentials, legitimately can be called doctor. Yes, I'm a doctor of divinity from the Universal Life Church in Modesto, California, and the founder of the First Church of the Second Chance, because I believe every single one of us deserves, say it with me, a second chance. Amen. Now, today on the program, we have some serious stuff to get into, and uh, we have some, some, some things to debunk, and there's some fake news out there, and fake outrage, and we will, we will take it all on. I want you to be part of the program today. The phone number, 888-900-3393, Going to go in a couple of different directions. Um, I, I want to open up with today's vital question of the day and give you results from yesterday's vital question of the day. We, we talked yesterday early on the show about about whether or not you would let your kids play football, contact, tackle football, because of the questions surrounding the head injuries that we were seeing in the pros. The numbers of pros who are turning up with head injuries are, are starting to be disturbing, and we're seeing things happen that could make you wonder if it's a good idea to let young ones play, but then there are all kinds of questions about it. We will talk to Dr. Jorge Rodriguez about that later. Dr. Jorge joins us for Wellness Wednesday at the bottom of the hour. But yesterday, the vital question results on the survey. 49% of you, almost half of you say we would let our kids play full contact tackle football. 42% say no and 9% cannot decide. So it's kind of split. We'll check in with Dr. Jorge to get... His, his estimation on this. Now, the other question that I want to ask today, because this, this show values history and the lessons we can learn from history, so we always kind of look back and see what happened on this day in history. And on this day in 1909, the Lincoln Head Penny debuted. The penny with President Lincoln's head on it, and it's been 
It's been uh, made in different mixes of metals in the past. I know during World War II, we, uh, we needed the copper. So we stopped making the pennies out of copper in World War II. And um, the, the, some of those pennies for three years, I believe, were made out of steel. But now, the penny, the penny appears to be a costly venture. And when you go anywhere, a lot of places round up. I know if you use the, the uh, ride-hailing service Lyft, you're allowed to round up. And then at the end of the month or the quarter or the year, Lyft takes the rounded up fares and donates those monies to charity, which I think is a great thing to do. But the penny to me seems to be a waste of time. So uh, I have encountered people who say, no, we have to keep the penny. I have encountered people who say we have to get rid of the penny. Some people think getting rid of the penny is a gateway to getting rid of all currency and making us go all electronic or a chip something. But where do you stand on it? The, vi the vital question of the day, is it time to eliminate the penny? 51% of you currently say keep the penny. 44% say dump it. 5% of you say we don't know. We, we can't make up our minds. But I'd like to hear from you. 888-900-3393-888-900-3393. That's, that's the uh, line you can get in here and express your opinion. Some of you have already said, what the heck, Mike? You're killing me with this. I suppose you're a fan of eliminating all money and going digital. Susan, that's not what I said at Healthy Body 65. That's not what I said at all. Danny, Dan Statuti, 70 on Twitter, says five pennies make a nickel. Accumulating coins is the first step in learning how to save. Danny says he found $80 last year, mostly pennies in parking lots. Mike Wiley, Johnny Vanes says, if you ditch it, all you do is increase prices. Stores will round up the 451 becomes 455. Make it cheaper material and coat it. Hmm. What I love about this audience is you just don't, you just don't uh, accept the answer either way. You try to offer solutions or reasons to back up your answers. For example, Danny talking about the lessons to be learned from from counting, I do remember counting change and, and my first little piggy bank or my first little adventure in rolling coins and then bringing them to the bank. But, you know, the change counting machines are disappearing from banks. The bank near us took all of, all of the change counting machines out because they said it was just too much trouble. And, you know, if you, if you bring in change, they'll take it in the back where they have the big machine, but the ones in front, they... They don't use and those coin star machines i get mad that they're taking between eight and ten percent that seems a little excessive but that's the vital question of the day so go and answer that vital question of the day a couple of other issues that we have to get to today this story this story uh, that popped yesterday about the lawsuit filed by the new york times the lawsuit against Fox News saying that Fox News ran a fake story. And they also said that they ran it by the president for approval. They say that Fox consulted with President Trump 
on what turned out to be um, a bogus story that ultimately was withdrawn. The, the Fox News outlet killed the story and, and said they did. But this lawsuit is now being jumped upon and reported upon, breathlessly so, by people on the left. And I want to call out one organization in particular. I want to tell one organization that uh, what you're doing is truly Bravo Sierra. And you know who you are, MSNBC, Morning Joe and Mika Brzezinski. If you are upset about this suit, if you're upset about the, the charge in this suit, claiming that the Fox News Network ran the story by Donald Trump for approval, well, you really have no basis for doing that. Mika, you, you really have no right to do that at all. It, it wasn't a, just a few years ago that Mika Brzezinski and uh, Joe Scarborough used to let us know during the show when they were live on television in the morning that Valerie Jarrett was watching from the White House and sending them text messages to their Blackberries and letting them know when they were on target or off target. And Mika was not shy about dropping the names on air. Mika was certainly, certainly not afraid to tell the whole world, oh my gosh, look who's watching. Valerie Jarrett, which meant basically the president of the United States was watching because Valerie Jarrett was the whisper into Barack Obama's ear. So Mika Brzezinski uh, had a problem with apparently somebody running a story by Fox News or by with Fox News running a story by the president. Mika Brzezinski this morning breathlessly reporting on this. Now, let's remember a few short years ago, Mika all excited because the White House is either editing their stories by telling them how they feel about what they said or approving what they're saying. But when the shoe is on the other foot, allegedly, it's in a lawsuit, the White House denies that there was any, uh, any story run by the president for his approval. But Mika's not happy about what was done. Listen, this is from this very morning. This is Mika Brzezinski breathlessly reporting on this horrific abuse by journalists and their connections with the president. A lawsuit filed in federal court claims a Fox News report about a slain DNC staffer, Seth Rich, was reviewed prior to publication by President Trump and was altered at the White House's request. So, first of all, if you listen to the very beginning of that clip, you listen to the very beginning, Morning Joe picks the music they play often to match the topic that they're dealing with. The music being played, this is, this is what the advertising community used to call psychological closure or subliminal advertising where your mind will connect the two. That's the psychological closure. Your mind will automatically say, oh my God, they're playing Fleetwood Mac's Little Lies. Little Lies is the name of the song. 
as they talk about Fox News, an alleged fake story that was allegedly run by the president and then allegedly allegedly edited because the White House wanted something different said. Pay close attention again. A lawsuit filed in federal court claims a Fox News report about a slain DNC staffer, Seth Rich, was reviewed prior to publication by President Trump and was altered at the White House's request. The lawsuit filed by private investigator Rod Wheeler, who was initially hired on behalf of the Rich family, says his quotes in a May 16th FoxNews.com story were fabricated by Fox News reporter Malia Zimmerman. The story was retracted by Fox a week after it was published for not meeting its standards. So here we have a lawsuit which will be dealt with in the courts. It's been denied by the White House. Yesterday, Sarah Huckabee Sanders denied there was any connection that the president had anything to do with the story, didn't review it. And the speculation by many folks is that by creating this story, by by putting this story out there, this is the speculation, mind you, that the attention on the Russia scandal would be pushed away, right? That would diminish the Russia. Hey, we'd get all the attention over here. But at the core of this is Mika's outrage over a, a network allegedly having contact with the president on story content. And I go back to what I told you earlier about Mika being all excited that Valerie Jarrett was watching the show that day and approving what she said. That's not the only time that happened. That's certainly not the only time that happened. As a matter of fact, back in early 2016, when Donald Trump was emerging as the leading Republican candidate during the primaries, Mika and Joe often gave uh, a lot of time to Donald Trump. He had unfettered access. He would call up whenever he wanted. They would blow off commercials just to keep talking to the guy who was the leading candidate They did not have a problem with Donald Trump at all, based on everything we saw. But guess what? They were helping Donald Trump, too. They were openly admitting to helping Donald Trump. And and I have proof, and I'll play it for you next on Pure Opelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to the program. Uh, I was getting into something I thought was pretty interesting as I followed the story of the lawsuit that was filed against Fox News, a suit that said the network made up a story. And then at the core of this is a really scandalous accusation that Fox News ran the story by the president and the White House and and they, they actually got 
a change suggested to the story, which which kind of says, well, the White House is, has a media outlet that it's working on and that it's using. And I waited and waited and waited, and sure enough, MSNBC jumped on it. Morning Joe, Mika and Joe jumped on it this morning when they introduced, breathlessly introduced the news about this story. A lawsuit filed in federal court claims a Fox News report about a slain DNC staffer, Seth Rich, was reviewed prior to publication by President Trump and was altered at the White House's request. See, this, this is probably the greatest crime against journalism in the, in the mind of Mika and Joe, mostly Mika, it sounds, because Mika's also the one who was quite breathless when Valerie Jarrett used to send her text messages during the show to let her know whether or not they were doing the story right when they were supporting Barack Obama. Well, all of that, all of that gets tossed out as well when you hear from just a year ago, Mika and Joe just just talking to Donald Trump live at, uh, at a long-form interview during the primary season. And they were just about to go back on air when a hot mic caught them asking questions. Mika, in fact, said, you don't want me to do the ones with deportation. And Trump said, that's right, nothing too hard, Mika. And she says, okay, listen. What do you have after this? I make a speech, uh, get on a plane, make a speech. I'm working. Well, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, the Bloomberg poll, all, all the polls out today look great in South Carolina. All of them. Yeah. But I'm being hit. You know, they're spending $75 million in negative ads on me over the last two weeks. Are they catching on at all? No. What do you think? Are they catching on? No. They're vicious. They're spending a tremendous amount on negative ads on me. No. You know what I thought was the um, kind of wow moment was the guy you brought up on stage. Um, We played it several times this morning. We played it up against Obama. The both guys. Both guys. Oh, yes, we played Obama first. The young guy and then we played the guys. I thought I'd watch your show this morning. Mm. You have me almost as a legendary figure. I like. Well, I tell you, this morning, what we we basically said today was we were completely wrong about the debate. Totally. Yeah. I thought. I thought I did really well in the debate show, I have to tell you. <laughs> I didn't. Yes, Alex? Three viewer questions. You, you did not, right? Oh, my God. I was like, he's melting down. I think his really? head's going to explode. I thought your head was going to explode. We were wrong. I did. We, we thought what? We your head wrong. was going to explode. Oh, no. Yeah. I thought <laughs> I did. Oh, yeah. My daughter was oh, screaming they're coming. The by, the way, by the way, he told me. He goes, I was having fun. Oh, my God. <laughs> so they were talking about all of the stuff there and said, you don't want me to do the questions about deportation. That's right. Nothing too hard, Mika. Okay, she replies. Collusion? Is the White House, or now that then candidate, now White House resident, directing the content on MSNBC? Double standard. Come on back. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. On the Blaze Radio Network.
Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. It is a Wellness Wednesday. We're waiting to try and get Dr. Jorge on the phone. He must be, sometimes he gets busy in the office. He actually calls us during office hours. So if it's a particularly busy week, every now and then they can't drag him out of a treatment room to be on the radio with us. Somebody needs his help. So I'm going to duck back into real quickly the uh, story I was talking about before, exposing the fact that Mika Brzezinski and Joe Scarborough, just about a year and a half ago, were doing exactly what they're shocked about in terms of the claim of this lawsuit, this lawsuit claiming that Fox News was actually taking direction from the president on a story. Well, this was Mika and Joe getting direction from then leading candidate Donald Trump on how they how they should be handling the interview. And this was caught on a hot mic. Person. Okay. Oh, do you don't want me to do um, the ones with the, um, um, deportation? We really have to get to some questions. That's right. Nothing, nothing too hard, Mika. Okay. Who hires a cat? Look at that. Nothing too hard, Mika. Okay. You don't want me to do the ones with deportation. Nothing too hard, Mika. Okay. Dutiful servant, Mika Brzezinski. It's amazing. It is amazing that this this story is not on the front page of every conservative outlet saying, hold on a second. Look, if Fox did what they did, and they obviously had a problem with the story because they retracted it, but if they did what they did, and if the White House was involved, there needs to be notice on that. But we also can't have indignation by members of the left-leaning press when they did it with, with Obama, and they did it with then-candidate Trump. It's disingenuous. It's dishonest. And it, it, it is exactly the kind of thing that this lawsuit from the New York Times is talking about. So amazing, amazing. Uh, we'll we'll hold on to see if we get um, if we get uh, Dr. Jorge here. I'm going to have to move through a couple other stories. Dallas is working hard to get the doctor, so we will see. And I'll follow this Fox story. Um, again, the White House denied there was any connection. The White House denied there was any time that they ever ever had Donald Trump reviewing and correcting Fox stories. That, that's just, look, Fox may be in the tank for Trump in a big way. We've seen a whole lot of stories and a whole lot of comments from some anchors on Fox who are blatantly supporting Donald Trump. But, you know, so, so were Mika and Joe. And they did the same thing when President Obama was in. And I don't know if you heard that thunderclap, but I'm just hoping we stay on the air here because we are having a raging thunderstorm move through, move through the uh, woods of Delaware today. It's pretty crazy. Um, a little distressed that we don't have Dr. Jorge here to talk about all of the things we wanted to talk about. He said he was dying to talk about the Queen's drinking last night. Last night, he and I were exchanging notes about what we were going to do, and he was very excited to deal with the Queen's drinking and said he had some sort of uh, 
some sort of very exciting uh, joke that he wanted to tell. I have no idea what the hell it is, but we shall see. We shall see. Uh, the, the stock market has good news for us today. Stock market in uh, fine form. We're in record territory. And the president was uh, taking, taking the bow on that, talking about the economy yesterday. The market has reached an all-time high today. Unemployment just hit a 16-year low. How you doing? Good. So Donald Trump taking the bow as he should for uh, all the good stuff that's happening in the economy because, you know what, uh, he's going to get the blame. You should always take the credit because the blame is never far behind. The president continued sharing some of the economic news. Job-killing regulation, these folks know that very well, and pursuing bold tax cuts so that our companies can thrive, compete, and grow. We would love to see bold tax cuts, sir. I just don't know if you can get Congress to move, and that's where the problem is. The jobs are coming pouring back. Factories are coming pouring back into our country. Yeah, well, we need to keep sure, keep... Keep having more jobs coming back into the country. The Foxconn deal that you announced uh, last week was critical and a very important piece of the pie. You don't hear too much from the media, but I think the media is going to actually be forced to cover it pretty soon. They're going to have no choice. So the unemployment numbers, if there's an improvement, if we see an increase in pay, I think you will see the media have to get behind it. But we're waiting to see. Now, the president also was talking about uh, having more income in the hands of the people by tightening up, tightening up the, uh, the access to visas, tightening up on immigration. So that's kind of key, as he put it, to making sure that people who come here are not competing with Americans for key jobs. They found out that a lot of those, a lot of those folks who were coming in on those visas weren't coming in under skilled labor positions, which uh, usually that's what those HB1 visas were for. And a lot of those uh, medium-skilled people or sort of semi-professional people were actually competing with Americans in a big way and effectively suppressing salaries, which is, that's, that's an unfortunate thing. And this is, the, the president made this merit-based legal immigration bill endorsement announcement just before we started the show today it is uh, ultimately for a better america and senator cotton and senator purdue purdue two republicans from uh, from arizona and georgia were side by side with him so i think this is a good step you know we we certainly have a, a very long way to go on immigration we have a hell of a long way to go on immigration but we uh we took a baby step today I'm I'm hoping. Uh, Dallas, I don't know if you can hear me because I can't hear you guys. Uh, at least you're not talking to me now. And uh, pardon me for pulling back the curtain, folks. No Dr. Jorge. All right. That's the message I got. Well, we will carry on and he may join us a slight bit later. There's a story I wanted to point to you on The Blaze from uh, my friend Dave Urbanski, a guy that's been writing for The Blaze for quite a while. I think he's in his sixth year, fifth or sixth year. Dave wrote a story yesterday that I think relates to some of the government involvement and pressure into college life and work life. And uh, this one deals with Title IX. 
And this is a star athlete who said she felt harassed and threatened by the college after she insisted that her boyfriend did not abuse her. This is one of the crazier stories I've seen. This is a, a USC student who's a star player on the school's tennis team. Star player. She said she felt, quote, misled, harassed, threatened, and discriminated against by the Title IX officer after she insisted that her boyfriend, who happens to be a football player, did not abuse her following an accusation from a third party. Zoe Katz is a, a senior, 22 years old, big-time college tennis player, nationally ranked. And uh, her boyfriend is the kicker for USC, Matt Bormeister. And somebody said uh, that, that Bormeister, they had witnessed Bormeister abusing her. Well, it turns out that according to, according to Zoe Katz, this was, you know, they were roughhousing and there was no abuse, assault, anything else. But the school and the Title IX officials kept telling her, well, you know, you're, you're, you're probably afraid of him. You must be afraid of him. And she had these repeated questioning periods that she called interrogations. They told her she was a, a battered woman. They stereotyped her, said she must, must feel demeaned and absurdly profiled. She said uh, the domestic violence that she understands is terrible, but it doesn't apply to, to her or to the relationship with her boyfriend. They've been together over a year. The uh, gentleman involved has not been arrested or charged with a crime. He kicked the game-winning field goal at, at last year's or this January's Rose Bowl. He was suspended from school, barred from campus, and from meeting with any trainers or teammates. He has not been arrested. This is the allegation from a third party. This is, again, what happens when the rule of law gets suspended. When you go onto a college campus and suddenly it seems as if there is no constitution, that these college administrators and these, these offices like this Title IX office suddenly have control over everyone and the individual rights of the person protected in the constitution have no meaning on this campus. Ms. Katz said that this was a false investigation. The alleged victim has come forward and says it's a false allegation. She says she's afraid of the Title IX office. I'm sure I would be too. These are people who, who wield such power that they're going to, they're going to threaten the the career, the college career of, a, of an all-star athlete. She put out a statement that said, the USC I know and really love upholds values like family, trust, and excellent. Facts and fairness are supposed to govern Title IX, not agendas, intimidation, and falsehoods. I'm so sad that a rogue group like the Title IX office can bring down this amazing school. On behalf of all Trojans, I have to speak up, but more importantly, I'm speaking up for myself and for Matt. I will not permit anyone to portray me as a victim. I am not. Nor will I stand by silently and watch a good person like Matt be railroaded by a rigged system. She goes on to finish saying, 
Matt Bormeister did nothing improper against me. I would not stand for it, nor will I stand for watching him be maligned and lied about. I implore the USC community to stand together and stop this from happening to Matt or anyone else. Now, here's the, the interesting closing statement. A USC spokesperson says the university has concluded its investigation and that Bormeister is no longer enrolled at, the, at USC. The school followed up saying they stand by its investigation and accounts provided by multiple witnesses. As previously stated, student disciplinary records are confidential. If students involved waive their confidentiality rights, the university will offer a detailed response. Therefore, the two students whose lives were most affected can waive their rights and allow the reports out. But the people who made the allegations will more likely stay confidential, meaning the full story will never be told. College campuses have become the sanctuary cities in the education world, but in the worst way. They're sanctuaries to progressives, radical progressives, who will have their way no matter what. These two victims at USC are proof of that. Read the story, pay attention, and we'll get to the second chapter in this college question today when we talk about affirmative action a little bit later. Right now, we got to take a break. We'll be right back. I'm Pure Opelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. We got confirmation from uh, Dr. Jorge that he will be joining us uh, just after the top of the hour. And we were correct. He had a patient. (laughs) He was dealing with a patient. So uh, I can always say, yes, save a life, please. Save a life, Dr. Jorge. Uh, we, we have uh, some very interesting things to share with you coming up, including one that made me laugh and laugh and laugh. Uh, if you have a dog that wants your attention and is constantly bringing up uh, a squeaky toy and squeaking it on you, I don't know if you've seen the video of the dog honking the horn in the parking lot while the owner is apparently inside the store. It's one of my, one of my favorite bits of uh, video bouncing around the internet today. It is the the dog is sitting in the driver's seat and just repeatedly honking the horn on the car. Just will not give up, won't stop honking the horn, and somebody recorded it, put it on the uh, on their Facebook account. That's what it sounded like. The dog keeps looking for the owner, then goes back into the driver's seat. Anybody who's had a dog with a squeaky toy that wants your attention when you're trying to watch television knows what I'm talking about. Good for you. 
The dog's name? Diamond. Getting impatient for the people inside the store in Grove City, Ohio. We love you, Diamond. Keep it up. (laughs) Michael Pelka stepping aside. When we come back, Dr. Jorge and a slightly delayed Wellness Wednesday, but nonetheless important. Come on back after the news. Pure Opelka with Michael Pelka on the Blaze Radio Network.